What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Lock on Dolphins. It is Victory Monday here on the show. The Dolphins defeating the New York Jets by a score of 24 to 17 in Sunday, week 11, to push their record to four and seven. A lot of storylines to talk about, a lot to get into. So let's jump right in. Welcome to Locked on Dolphins. You are locked on Dolphins. Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. Dolphins fans, this is Monday, November 22nd, 2021. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, and excited to bask in yet another Victory Monday episode of the show. Although, to be fair, our last victory podcast was a victory Friday. So we get a little versatility here on the show. Uh, but yeah, it's always a good time when you beat the Jets. This was not the prettiest win uh, the Dolphins have had all year long. Uh, there were some easily avoidable mistakes that made this game uh, a lot more white knuckle than it needed to be at times. And then, of course, the Jets did their part uh, by having unforced errors that the Dolphins did not provide that ultimately was the the deciding factor in this football game. But I do think the Dolphins can look at a couple of different storylines here that played out throughout the course of this game and be encouraged. I'm encouraged by the fact that the Dolphins, their offense killed the game. And that's always something that this team, because of their consistent issues with struggling the football, Um, is not easy for them to do. They are not easily capable of possessing the ball for long periods of time. And yet the touchdown that the Dolphins scored to go up 21 to 14, that was an 18-play, 77-yard drive that took seven minutes and 44 seconds off the clock. The subsequent drive... New York had five plays, but they went negative six yards in a minute and 25 seconds. Miami's next series was 14 plays starting at the 49-yard line, 44 yards, six minutes and 53 seconds time of possession. So those two possessions alone, those two possessions that scored 10 points that both were finished in the fourth quarter of the football game, The Dolphins cut the game by 25% by doing that. And they had reasonable success running the football. Miles Gaskin himself, he had 89 rushing yards in this contest. And let me tell you what the Dolphins don't do. And it's rush the ball with a running back 23 times for 89 yards. It's still a 3.9 yards per carry play. So it's still not a healthy clip per rush attempt. But Gaskin found some chunk gains to be had. And I think once Miami got away from trying to run the ball in the early downs, they really had an opportunity to gouge New York and take advantage of their aggressiveness. And you saw some some nice action in the run game, in in my opinion, on that left side of the offensive line. Liam Eikenberg moving guys. These are positive storylines for a Dolphins offense that has not been able to do these things with any level of consistency all season long. To see that, I don't care if it was against the Jets. 
I don't care who it's against. Everybody, let's take a deep breath. And remember, the Dolphins lost to a Jacksonville Jaguars team who had lost 20 straight games this season. I am not going to turn my nose up at any kind of way. I'm going to enjoy them when we get them. As evidenced by, if you missed it, on social last night, uh, we did do a celebratory three-finger pour of whiskey for three consecutive wins. And I don't know if that's going to be a weekly thing if they continue to win games. Uh, my liver probably hopes not. We'll see. We'll just, I'll just put it at that. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, you know, ugly win in some ways. I, I do think the Dolphins' defense probably – wishes they could have got to and rattled Joe Flacco a little bit more. He finished with almost 300 yards passing. Of course, much of that was boosted by the big catch and run from rookie wide receiver Elijah Moore, uh, who the Dolphins DBs had some complimentary words for after the game. Uh, He's going to be a very good player. He's going to be paying the butt. So uh, then that play, that rep, that touchdown that he had against Byron Jones in a uh, pressure situation, was not Byron Jones's best work. And I think that is something that we should be mindful of uh, as we are watching Byron Jones, because remember Byron got tagged being overly aggressive against Baltimore too. They didn't score, but they nearly scored. That was, it was in the final five minutes of that game when Baltimore was trying to push this thing and climb back into the game. And Byron tried to undercut a throw and he missed it. And thankfully he was able to get back up on his feet and get downfield and, and help corral a play that ended up inside the 15 yard line. But this was now another instance for Byron Jones where oh, he's, he made a bigger play than what needed to be there to be had by his aggressiveness. And maybe it was just a great route by Elijah Moore. It certainly looked like a great route. But nevertheless, this is now two weeks in a row. Either Byron's got to come up with one or he's got to play him a little bit more conservative and make sure he's in a better position uh, to tackle at the catch point and not contest the ball. But as I look at top to bottom, what happened? I know the first half of this football game probably left a lot of Dolphins fans uh, unfulfilled. We've heard a lot. We've made a lot, even on this show. Jets, they've allowed 175 points in their last four games. Potential get-right opportunity. Well, we didn't, we didn't really get that other than an opening script uh, for the first half and the second half, and then those two possessions that the Dolphins had that possessed the ball uh, for 15 minutes of game clock. Miami did get that. But there were still a lot of herky-jerky drives, uh, some situational football issues, including by Tua Tungvaloa that we're going to talk about next, um, that, that hopefully they can use as learning experience and we can attribute to them to being growing pains. Uh, but you were hoping, or at least I was hoping, to see a little bit more concrete performance. And Let's also be fair to Miami. Some of these offensive pass interferences, the ones tagged against Mike Kosecki, yeah, Mike's got to work on his rub a little bit when he's working the rub and, and designed to have somebody work underneath to him and release. But the ball Mike caught over the middle of the field that was a big game that got wiped out because of a push-off, that's BS. 
That happens every single game by every single tight end, every single time they're targeted on that route. You can't tell me that was an exceptionally egregious play that deserved to be called. And the quarterback sneak. Uh, I would have loved to have seen a second angle of the quarterback sneak that Tua did on third one because there was a bubble up front and um, he got knocked sideways in the midst of the pile. And they said he didn't gain any ground at all, despite the fact that he plunged in. So no, no, we're not going to go down the, <laughs> the officiating hole. Uh, it's uh, all, all that's going to do is leave me unfulfilled, but won't, what won't leave you unfulfilled. DirecTV Stream want to tell you guys about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings you live TV and your on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. And the best part is there's no annual contract, so stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Obviously, one of the major storylines for every Dolphins game between now and the end of the season is the play of quarterback Tua Tungvaloa, who we are all watching very closely because we all know uh, that some within the Dolphins organization already have their eyes on a more established quarterback. And I do think that... This this weekend's play from Tua um, probably presents the best case of this kind of chicken versus egg dilemma that the Dolphins are dealing with. And there were some situational reps from Tua that I did not think were his best work. The End of the first half possession. When Miami, did the Jets miss a field goal? I'm all excited. And then the Dolphins start to piece together some throws, and they suddenly find themselves, it's like third and one, they're inside the 30-yard line. You have a timeout left. And you run the ball on third and one. Okay, now you got a first down, but now you've used your last timeout. You've got like... 23 seconds left. And what happens? The first play is a throw that is into short of the end zone. And it is very highly congested in the middle of the field. And is almost intercepted. And that's not a great decision. And then we have the throw that was short four yards. And you literally just, you ran a play just for the sake of running a play. And if you're in that position, it kind of felt like the Dolphins coaches, once the first play happened, kind of said, whoa, okay, reel it back in. Let's not do anything crazy and take points off the field. And then the subsequent result is you throw a four-yard pattern along the sideline that requires a toe-tapping effort to even be a completed pass. But as a, if we're being objective, that play was a waste of time. If you're in a two-minute offense and you're trying to score points, throwing short on the boundary on third down is a waste of time. And neither here nor there, Jason Sanders misses the kick. 
And then you go into halftime and it's seven, seven and you feel really bad about yourself. Um, a little bit later in the game, the dolphins were in a position. I believe this was the, uh, the, the drive that resulted in the field goal to go up by 10. Yes. It was third and three on the Jets' 31-yard line. Five minutes and 30 seconds left in the game. They're on the 31 on third and three. Tua takes a sack. That is objectively the worst possible thing you can do in that situation. Take a sack, move move the offense back to the 40-yard line. Now you've either created a potential opportunity to give them the ball back without scoring any points, or you've made a much harder field goal, which could lead to a short field if it's missed again. Uh, Thankfully, Jason Pinnock got flagged for holding on the play, defensive holding, and it bailed Miami out. But these were just a couple of instances of in situational football on third down and in the red zone or the high red zone or the yellow zone, if it wasn't inside exactly the 20 yard line. Uh, But it was Nevertheless, still a, a, a end of half. We talk about the middle middle eight, right? Middle eight minutes of the game. And that's the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half. The Dolphins won, but they almost further complicated this with some missteps at the quarterback position. Uh, but those and the interception aside, which I thought was a bad Bad throw. I think it was a good decision, but a egregiously bad throw on a throw that floated and fluttered uh, across the middle, missed high and behind by several yards. I liked that Tua stuck this out and continued to hang tough throughout the course of the game. Uh, I, I think he got a little bit of help from the running game with, with them kind of hitting a couple counter punches and you saw some flashes of complimentary football. Uh, I loved the deep shot. The fact that he could uh, take advantage of that coverage bus, step up in the pocket on court one hit Mac Collins for the longest air completion uh, throw of his career, which is now uh, what the third straight week we did it against Buffalo was the longest air yards completion of his career. And then I think Baltimore, uh, he missed the, the Houston game and then Baltimore in the second half uh, had the throw that was the, I think was tied or longer uh, air yards completion for his career. And then the following week, another air yards completion that was the longest of his career. So you're starting to see some instances of chunk gains, which is exciting because that's that's what the whole objective here is, is to see him kind of build upon his performance week over week. And while situational football-wise, I do think there were some egregious missteps that kind of create this conundrum for Miami, where it's like, well, we don't want to, we don't want to get too crazy. We're not going to, we're not, we don't fully buy in because we see some blips on the radar for potential mistakes that could cost us a chance to win the football game. It's like, excuse my French, yeah, no shit. He's a young quarterback. Because next start's going to be a 16th start. But that, again, goes back to, you know, who do you have in the building that completely unequivocally believes in Tua Tungvalu? Because those parties should be the ones that are pulling rank. 
to say, look, we, we just drafted this guy. We should be completely trusting him and, and willing to live and die with the mistakes as we live and die with the mistakes of other players on the teams, some of which aren't even young developing players like Jesse Davis, who nearly got your quarterback killed yet again this weekend. We're plenty willing to live and die with his mistakes. And again, I'm not sitting here telling you Tua is unquestionably going to be the answer. I'm not sitting here telling you Tua Tungvalu unquestionably stinks. I'm, I'm very much partaking in this evaluation process. And there was good and there was bad with Tua this weekend. But at the end of the day, the stat sheet and the production looks good. But I think the small little things that are in between those black and white printed numbers on a piece of paper are the ones that are really going to give you the best look at where Tua is on any given week. Of course, this is not just a Tua Tungvaloa podcast. This is a Dolphins team podcast. And if you've been listening to lock on dolphins for any amount of time, you know all about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They are 100% chocolate and they are 100% delicious. So if you are looking for a meal replacement, something to grab and go, midnight snack, you name it, Built Bar can be. Right now, you can visit builtbar.com, use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That's builtbar.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. It's Thanksgiving, and we know what that means, football, and nothing goes better than football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered for all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKED ON. I hit a nice little parlay yesterday to a plus 258 passing yards. Uh, Jalen Waddle plus five receptions. Mike Gusecki plus four receptions. And Tua plus one and a half passing touchdowns. Courtesy of our friends over Ben Online. It's not just football either. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. It is where the game starts. They are stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. So, big picture wise, hey, Jalen Phillips got a sack. I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, the. <laughs> The personal foul uh, was a silly play, and I cringed a little bit when it happened. Um, and there were a couple instances when Jalen was in a really good position on the line of scrimmage in the run game to finish some plays, uh, but he didn't really have the kind of backside flow uh, to help him finish and box those in, and therefore the, the, the back slipped through some small creases, and uh, those were missed opportunities for Jalen. But I love seeing the inside twist up the middle for a sack on Joe Flacco. Uh, the sack had production continuing to come in a steady flow now for Jalen Phillips. And I know that's kind of been the, um, 
the concern with him from a lot of Dolphins fans is, hey, where is the sack production? Well, Jalen Phillips, three and a half sacks. He's logged at least a half a sack in each of the last three games. He's also logged at least one quarterback hit in each of the last three games. And he is playing 54, 56, and 63% of the defensive snaps. So he is not even a full-time player. He's playing about 60, 58%. And he's still stringing together games three in a row now with sack production. Gotta like seeing it. These are the storylines. Javon Holland was once again a monster. These young players for Miami, uh, their continued impact on these wins for the Dolphins. Super encouraging. Holland had seven total tackles, a pass defense, and a fumble recovery while playing 97% of the Dolphins' defensive snaps. And, oh, by the way, he played nearly 50% of the special team snaps. The Dolphins are finding ways to get these young guys on the field, and they are delivering. So there are growing pains. There are going to be continued pain points along the offensive line. Uh, Austin Jackson uh, had a false start. I think it was a false start there, and it was down in a low red zone uh, that nearly cost Miami a touchdown. Two eventually worked back and found Miles Gaskin uh, for the touchdown on that possession. Uh, but like those things can't happen, and yet they continue to happen, which um, is probably not going to get better all season long. But the win-loss record is getting better. The Dolphins are four and seven now, won three in a row. Really, really painful when you think, man, what would have happened if Jacksonville and Atlanta, the two games in which Miami was in position to win in the final two minutes? They held the lead against Atlanta, just needed a defensive stop, and they were near midfield and had the ball, had possession of the ball in the final two minutes against Jacksonville. If both of those games break differently, these Dolphins are six and five. Not that that changes a lot of the big picture issues that we are currently dealing with, but it would certainly feel a little better, wouldn't it? Six and five, shoot, we're... We're a game out of first place in the AFC East, if that's the case, because the Patriots right now are at 7-4, because the Bills are in epic meltdown mode. Heaven forbid that team ever has an epic meltdown against the Dolphins. You absolutely hate to see the Bills in shambles. I feel so bad for them. Got spanked by the Colts last, last night. My heart weeps for, for the city of Buffalo. <laughs> but we're not. We're 4-7. and seven. Uh, and what we have is Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers next on deck. Uh, and then Giants and Jets. And this is the big stretch for Miami that if you're going to present your fans with meaningful late December football, you got to win every single one of these games. Every single one. By the way, the team that's, that comes up next after the Jets uh, for Miami is the Saints and Monday Night Football, and they just got shellacked by the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, Jameis Winston's not playing. Michael Thomas is out for the year. Alvin Kamara did not play. But again, uh, the, the defense gave up 40 points to Philadelphia. 
It's going to be a very interesting closing stretch, but you can rest assured the message in the Dolphins locker room and the message you're going to hear all week long is one day at a time, which means we this week are very much focused on the Carolina Panthers. We're going to be very attentive to Carolina, how this offense has changed with the return of Cam Newton. Uh, this is a team that has a very ferocious defense. You know, a lot of young talent. They are very fast. This is a team that's got a lot of explosiveness in the skill positions. Christian McCaffrey is back. DJ Moore had a touchdown with Cam's return to play. Cam obviously having a quarterback run dynamic that few present at the quarterback position. A lot of challenges with Carolina. Miami's at home. We'll see how they handle it. We are going to dedicate this week to being focused on how Miami can best be aligned to push a win streak to four. And that's all we can talk about this week. None of that, oh, well, we've run three more. No, can't do it. This week, I'm going to buy into the messaging. This week is 1-0. We're trying to go 1-0. Hopefully your day is off to a 1-0 start with some Locked On Dolphins. Really appreciate everybody who tuned into the show. This is Kyle Krabs. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Fins up. Make it a great Monday. We'll talk with you tomorrow and enjoy yet another victory Monday here on Locked On Dolphins.